Right, this just into CNN, the New York Attorney General seeking now more than $370 million from former President Trump and his co-defendants in the civil fraud trial. Letitia James also looking to bar the former president from doing business in the state. Let's bring in CNN's Kara Scannell. Uh, so, Kara, what are you learning about this filing? Yeah, so these are the closing argument briefs that were due today in this civil fraud trial. And the attorney general's team is now saying that they are seeking more than $370 million. When they sued Donald Trump, they initially sought $250 million. So they're significantly increasing the amount of money that they want to recover. And that's all that they say were improper gains that Trump had received. And they proved this, they allege, through the evidence presented at the trial. Now, in addition to seeking to bar the former president from serving in a business in New York for life. They're also seeking a five-year ban on his sons, Donald Trump Jr. and Eric Trump. And what the attorney general's office argues is that their intent to defraud was inescapable. They say that the myriad deceptive schemes they employed to inflate asset values and conceal facts were so outrageous that they belie innocent explanations. Now, Trump's team argues has argued that their financial statements were accurate, that there's no evidence presented in this case that the bank would have given them different interest rate terms had they gotten different financial statements or the values that the attorney general's office argues were the accurate values. You know, the judge has already ruled in this case in a summary judgment motion that the financial statements were persistent and fraudulent. And the issue now for him is to decide how much money the Trumps would have to pay and whether there is a ban. But there are also six other claims that the attorney general's office is pursuing, and that's why it went to trial. That's a conspiracy claim, insurance fraud, falsifying business records, and issuing false financial statements. Uh, that is up for the judge to decide. Now, Trump's team, again, arguing that there was no intent to defraud here either. You know, depending on how this plays out, you know, the judge had issued a scathing opinion just a few weeks ago, rejecting Trump's argument for a directed verdict, in which he rejected a lot of their testimony and a lot of their legal arguments. Boris Brianna. And Kara, what is next here? So next Thursday will be what is essentially the closing arguments, these paper arguments, but they will be argued in court before the judge with both parties making their case. After that, the judge said he will issue a written opinion. That is, he said he hoped to do by the end of the month or at least into February. So then he will write a written opinion on this. Trump's team has already signaled that they intend to appeal. In fact, a lot of their arguments during the trial, they had said to the judge they had to put it on the record because they intend to appeal this decision because they didn't expect him to rule in their favor. Uh, so this is far from over, even once the judge's decision is rendered. Boris Brianna. Kara Scannell, thanks so much for keeping an eye on that for us. We would be remiss in talking about Donald Trump if we didn't talk about Donald Trump, the, uh, the client, Donald Trump, uh, the person who is, uh, has been indicted uh, more than 90 times on various counts. And I say that, of course, because as we get closer to the caucuses, to the primaries, he's going to peel off the trail, uh, probably a fair amount, to be in courtrooms, including next week he'll be here in D.C. at the appellate court uh, at a hearing there. I want to play something that one of his lawyers, Alina Hava, said uh, on Fox yesterday, and it's about what they hope that the Supreme Court does on the idea of whether or not he should be subject to uh, the kinds of laws that other people who weren't president are. 
I think it should be a slam dunk in the Supreme Court. I have faith in them. You know, people like um, Kavanaugh, who the president fought for, who the president went through hell to get into place, he'll step up. Those people will step up, not because they're pro-Trump, but because they're pro-law. If I'm Fred Kavanaugh, I'm like, okay, well, you just put me in a box. Not that it, not that it matters. They are lifetime appointments. Uh, but so it's that. It's the notion of um, immunity, yeah. and then of course the question of whether or not he can be kicked off the ballot in Colorado and Maine and anywhere else. Uh, well, first of all, I think it's a pretty dangerous game to be predicting what nominees who were appointed by someone are going to do. That just seems like it's courting trouble. But having said that, I think these are two fundamentally different questions. Number one, does the sort of Maine approach or Colorado approach, do, does that make it through the court? But the other is the question, the broader question of presidential immunity. Can someone who uh, ever served as president ever be held accountable for something they did mm -hmm. in the waning days of their presidency or afterwards? And I think, to, to me, the way the court thinks about one question is going to be completely different than the way it thinks about the other. And legal scholar after legal scholar has said, if every president is immunized forever against anything they ever do because they were president, it would, it would invite like the worst presidents, you know, um, basically in the future of the United States because people would run to basically try to immunize themselves for everything. So I think the court is, it has a ton of really complicated stuff to figure out, but predicting what people who Trump nominated are gonna do and conflating what happens in some of these individual states with the broader yeah. executive power question, I think, is really. I took that as even more than a prediction, didn't you? I mean, this is Trump's it, it lawyer. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. remember who brought you to the dance, Brett Kavanaugh? That's the way I well, took it. Lifetime that. appointment. I don't think he needs to remember anything. Yeah. Well, that's very, very true.